0: hello there you're listening to the box office show i'm ryan hill
1: and i'm dylan johnson today we're gonna be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend
0: we will also be doing a grab bag talking about all the movies and shows that have been coming out this summer that we have not had a chance to talk about yet
1: start off with some news we've got some uh release date shuffles yet again thought we were out of it but it'll never never stop (laughs) nowadays Aquaman has been postponed to Christmas 2023 that is a long push yes and Shazam Fury of the Gods
0: is moving from this Christmas to Aquaman's previous late
1: March 17 2023 and you know what that means Ryan Shazam is the movie you picked and now it is gone Are you ready to repick? I am ready to repick. It's just insane within one week that it got
0: taken off the schedule. If
1: only only you had
0: waited one more week. I know. But I guess it works out because this will put even more pressure on you if you wanted to do a wild card pick to replace Bullet Train because now
1: you have even less things to pick. Mm -hmm. I was looking through the list and I'm like, there's just nothing left. I told you, man, it's slim picking. I might stay with Bullet Train but we'll see. I'm going
0: to pick a film that was also coming out the same day as Shazam Fury of the Gods coming out this winter. Hopefully we'll be able to counter program Avatar and we'll be able that to coexist be. peacefully. It is Puss in Boots. The Last Wish is what it's called. So that was the other one that I was, I was between Shazam and Puss in Boots. I decided to what go did Shazam. The, what did the last last Puss in Boots make? Do you know? Made 500 million worldwide. That's not bad. It's not. So I'm hoping it's been quite a few years, Shrek, nostalgia and whatnot mm-hmm. has been in the rise, uh, these past few years, clearly. So I'm hoping people will want to go out and see Puss in Boots, kind of like with minions, I'm hoping some mm-hmm. sort of trend will come up Hopefully. Uh, that will help it out. So yeah, hoping that that will be successful and will be a great addition to my roster. So now I have Puss in Boots
1: instead of shazam crazy now ryan have you heard about the drama surrounding don't worry darling i sure have and i'm sure you have a lot as well oh yeah Alexa reporting it to you (laughs) i've just heard about it everywhere fernando's been reporting it to me too like everybody's just caught up and i saw it on my own on instagram like everybody's just taking it with it taking it running with it you know Mm -hmm. olivia wilde and harry styles are of course still dating which complicates things for production uh they released a clip of harry styles part of his performance and it doesn't look good have you seen that clip i haven't he just doesn't sound it's just like they don't know if he's supposed to be american or british because it sounds like he's doing a bad british accent but he is british in real life so nobody kind of knows what's going on very very odd on top of that florence Pugh is not going to be doing press for the film outside of the venice premiere And that is due to uh, reported tension between her and director Olivia Wilde, which just didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. And that,
0: because she, I have seen this as well, she's not been promoting on her social media feed the movie. She's been like pointing out other films she's been a part of. And so people were wondering, oh, is something going on behind the scenes? And this seems like confirmation that there was indeed fallout between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. And then we had something new just the other day that is confirming that even further. So apparently Shia LaBeouf was uh, (laughs) supposed to be in Harry Styles' role and then dropped out. Originally, Olivia Wilde was saying that she had fired Shia LaBeouf because Florence Pugh was no longer comfortable once the allegations against Shia LaBeouf being an abuser came out. And so that was sort of how the story was told originally. But Mm -hmm. just last week in a story with Variety, Shia LaBeouf has rebutted those claims and had the receipts to prove it with a video that Olivia Wilde sent him asking for him not to drop out of the film, to not quit. Oh, we can work this out. And in that call, which by the way, she was driving as she was doing, I don't know why she could not have just waited why it was so urgent that as she's driving, she has to vlog herself begging Shia LaBeouf (laughs) not to drop out of the film. But she apparently mentioned as well, this is gonna be a wake up call for Miss Flow. Mm. It's re- really like odd phrasing. Again, I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean. Like him threatening to quit is a wake up call for Miss Flow. to what? Stop being uncomfortable with the other lead actor in the film. I don't yeah. know why that would be a wake up call for her. that's like what she wanted was to not like have that happen. But Shiloh yeah. Buff was also saying the reason he was quitting was of like disagreements with the director and that there weren't or there wasn't enough time in rehearsals yeah Yeah. so a crazy situation going on yeah but yeah i love wild is also getting flack for in the film that is supposed to be about like women empowerment in the face of abuse and whatnot that she was actively trying to side with and encourage (laughs) somebody who was accused of abuse to remain on the film despite florence Pugh not being comfortable with it Crazy. And then after yeah. that, while being on production with the new lead, Harry Styles, getting into an affair with him, <laughs> cheating on her husband. Crazy. Or Jason
1: Sudeikis. He deserves better, man. Mm-hmm. You should watch Ted Lasso. We we need to well, do a yeah, Ted doing Lasso episode. Well, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's doing great. But you you need to watch Ted Lasso. That shit is crazy. When you consider Why? it in the context of what he's going through in real life. Really? Nuts. Yeah. There's some, oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, references yeah. to what's going on. Interesting. Absolutely. Also in the news, uh, Netflix has signed on for a Horizon Zero Dawn series. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, I don't get what's with all the video game adaptations. I don't feel but, like there's a lot of money in it, and also, I'm just not. I don't know. Maybe it's my own personal bias that I'm just not interested in that kind of stuff. But I will say, if they were going to adapt anything, this is probably the thing to adapt. Right. So I
0: would be interested in the horizon zero dawn project if mm. it were to be a film like that really? seems like something that should have big blockbuster spectacle behind it instead of just going to some stripped down eight hour netflix series that has like poor production design and awful vfx and whatnot yeah like it seems like something that they really need to truly invest in to make like a big property mm-hmm. instead this just seems like oh it's a it was a big game so now we're going to try and make easy money by Adapting it, and it seems like it's just going to be a a dud at that point. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But again, I'm disappointed that they didn't take a property like that and make it into something even bigger because it's just such a cool premise, and I feel yeah. like we could do a lot with it. But alas, it will be a Netflix series. Disco. Sad tears, tears coming down. Mm-hmm. We also have in the news Matt Reeves, director of the Batman, playing the Apes trilogy. He has signed a first look deal with Warner Brothers. So. All future movies that he wants to make will go to Warner Brothers first and see if they want to pick it up and put into production. So that is good news for The Batman 2. Yeah. And we've also heard reports that Mattson Tomlin will help co-write The Batman 2. Apparently, he also helped write stuff in the third act of The Batman, but wasn't oh, able no. to get a right credit on it. You said, oh no. Not the third act. It's the uh, worst one. So he will now be... Uh, getting an actual official writing credit on the Batman 2. He gets to live out his Joker fantasy. Apparently, yeah. We also have Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. They are apparently in talks to uh, star in an Ocean's 11 prequel, which I am not about because Uh if you're going to give anything in this franchise, give us Ocean's 14. Just make it happen. Why any more at all? I feel Why Ocean's I would 14? be Why Ocean's, for Ocean's 14.
1: I mean, I'm you saying you wouldn't watch it? You would watch it. I'm sick of it. I'm Stick sick of it. it. How I'm are sick you of sick of it? it? I don't like the Ocean's movies that much. I thought the first one was fun, but I'm sick of it. It's the same thing what? every time they just rob something. I mean, just yes. Money. And then they add one more person each year. It's a heist movie, and they rob stuff. I mean, Dylan, come on.
0: How many are people you gonna are you going to add to that crew? Agatha. When are you going to get Agatha? to Ocean's
1: 22 and it's just a huge group of people just walking into a bank? I don't know you're going to get that far. But are you going
0: to say the same thing about Agatha Christie novels? Murder mystery novels? Wow, it's the same thing. Somebody died and they try and find out who
1: did it. Come on. Yeah, but at least that's interesting. A bro. It's a high there's a mystery. There's no mystery in the ocean stuff. They just do it. It's the mystery. They, do it and they tell you do it how do it they're doing off. it while they're doing it. It's not a mystery. They tell you. There's narration the entire time. Yeah, You're going to go into the bank vault. You're going to go into the bank vault. (laughs) You're going to break in. You're going to go in there. You're going to tell him you're Dave Clark. You're here to inspect the toilets. You're going to go in there and you're going to clog it. I don't care how. what you're going to do. We're going to get a magnet. And
0: then we're going to drive past the storage room. We're going to suck everything that's metal up to the wall and break it. Here's what
1: you're going to do you're going to go in there. You're going to walk right up to Mr. Clooney. You're going to drop his pants and you're going to give him exactly what he wants.
0: (laughs) You will not stop until he busts the biggest nut he's ever had.
1: You only do the best. No half measures, only <laughs> full measures. Exactly. All
0: right. So if Ocean Sports team <laughs> has Jonathan Banks in it, you're down. That's what I'm You're happy. right. That's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. Okay. And then finally, Aubrey Plaza will be joining Francis Ward Coppola's Megalopolis, which I am pumped for because that sounds like it's going to actually happen. the more yeah. casting announcements we hear. So I'm very excited for that. So hopefully it will come yeah.
1: to you. I really, to you. Hope you, uh, really hope you make something good this time. <laughs> been a while me too but
0: i believe he's got one more in him he can do
1: it i believe it too yeah i think he's a legend and he needs to end a legend before he dies exactly he's getting very very old but amazingly when they did the oscars and they did the godfather like 50th anniversary and him and pacino and de niro got up there i think he looked the best out of the three of them uh i don't know about that who do you think it was it definitely wasn't pacino pacino looks terrible well, yeah,
0: it was not gonna be him. I think De Niro still looks okay. I mean, I mean yeah, and he can't <laughs> walk about like he used to. We saw that much in the Irishman, yeah, he can't kick heads in like he used to, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he I don't know he seems he looks most like he used to, I suppose his, yeah, his has changed quite a bit, so that's that's the only reason I say De Niro probably has aged the best. But moving on to our box office breakdown for. <laughs> <laughs> To the twenty first. In first place, we had Dragon Ball Super, superhero with twenty-one point one million. So shout out to all the Z fighters out there, all the fans. <sighs> did I you see me. it? We did it. No, I did not. Not We're a true fan. Go see
1: it this weekend. Well not a true fan. The only reason I didn't is because I was gonna go see it with Brandon. The only reason you didn't is because you're not a true fan. After that was Beast, the uh lion jaws with uh Idris Elba made 11.5 million. The Bullet Train, third place with 8 million. Top Gun Mavericks, still holding on with 5.9. DC League of Super Pets, 5.6 million. Thor, 4 million. Minions with 3.7. Nope with 3.5. Where the Crawl Dads Sing, 3.2. And A24's Bodies, Bodies, Bodies with
0: 2.4. Nice. Alright, and for our predictions for this weekend, we also have uh, a few films that are coming out, but none are going to be box office behemoths. Nope. We have The Invitation, which is a vampire horror film of some lady getting invited to England, and things go down, and blood gets sucked. What do you think about this one? Where is it
1: going to land? Uh, I don't think it's going to suck a lot out of the box office. I think it's just going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna give it eight million
0: gotcha i might go a little higher and say it can break 10 million because it's a horror film it's got vampire stuff it's got that sort of like bridgerton the crown victorian england thing going on so i think it can get 10 million i think it'll win the weekend uh and coming in second place i think will be Three Thousand years of longing which is george miller's new film his first since bad max fury road Mm-hmm. This also stars Idris Elba, and it also has Tilda Swinton in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be able to hit 10 million. We'll see if yeah, it no. in 7 to 8 million. I'm going to give it 7. Yeah, not going to do too well. And sure then, made Furiosa, bro. That's what I'm saying. Or just the sequel to Mad Max. I don't know why he also didn't do that. And also why it took so long for him to do this next one. I mean, he's also very old. So yeah. shout out to him that he's still making stuff, but yeah,
1: it's also hard for him to make anything. Have you heard that? You mean I'm sure you know all the production crap with Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, that shit's nuts. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to read the book on it. Spencer has it downstairs, but now he's moving, so I gotta buy it myself. Damn. Tragic. And then third place we have Breaking, which is a John Boyega
0: bank robbing film. I have no idea what this is. Yeah, it's coming on, like, limited release. I saw a few trailers for it. it doesn't look, look good. too great. No. Damn. But, yeah, it's coming in limited release, so it's definitely not going to be, like, top five or anything like that.
1: We'll see if it gets three to four million. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you there. All right, now we can get into our grab bag reviews. We even come up with a name for this one. What, Awesome August or Slapping Summer? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I mean, yeah, usually they come around in the edit not yeah during
0: the show but yeah this is generally just gonna be like summer stuff yeah that has coming out um but yeah starting off with uh the most recent thing that came out in the summer it is house of the dragon episode one which as we talked about last Mm -hmm. week you were gonna wait and see what the reactions are i decided to watch it did you like it i did like it 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 was good I don't think is Game of Thrones good mm-hmm. yet, but I think the potential is there. And I like that we're back to the basics of the original few seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And they really did try and make you feel like you're back in the basics. I mean, they brought back all the unnecessary graphic violence, unnecessary graphic nudity. And oh,
1: yeah. we're
0: back in the political intrigue. We got some nice small councils, a lot of those meetings. And during those times, I was like, okay, yes is what i'm here for we're back i
1: agree with you because i watched it whoa what a reveal that's crazy. i know mean, i did i watched it and uh i had a good time too it did remind me of earlier uh uh game of thrones in terms of like writing not in terms of production i feel like it's still trying to go for big shots and big epic moments kind of like the later seasons of game of thrones instead of trying mm-hmm. just to keep it very minimal and very realistic like the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones so visually it reminds me more of the latter seasons which I'm not pumped about but still you know at the very least the writing is back to where I'm interested in it again which is good it's very long and slow and it's a lot of setup which is good I do think like I know what they're setting up for the rest of the series or at least the rest of the season but I feel like the whole pregnancy stuff I feel like it was a little rushed. I feel like that could have been like a several episode arc, but I understand that what they're trying to do is they're setting up the rest of the story, which is now Rhaenyra is going, is, is set up to be the heir, and Damon is no longer set up to be, I feel like it was just a little rushed. Like we barely know the characters and this huge plot point that could have been the end of season one, like that season one capper is rushed at the end of episode one just to get people to be interested in it. And I feel like, See, I just uh, whole... I disagree with
0: that. I think having that be like a contained thing within the pilot episode mm. was a good choice because I mean, it seems like the most most of what this season and the show is going to be about is just like the civil war that brews between the Targaryens. Yeah. And so now we're at the point where there's a very clear divide and re and trigger for why that would happen, why that rift is going to occur, mm. and. Probably spread out through the rest of Westeros as well, if I had to guess. So I like that. That is where we're left off in the first episode. I feel like with that pregnancy
1: arc, if it took the whole season, I don't know what else they would have focused on. Maybe not the whole season, but like like a several episode arc of like getting to know the characters and getting to care for for them. But
0: I do think it was a nice because at least for me, it was like very visceral with them having to go in and do the c-section yeah. and the that was pretty intense voice, knowing it's like either the baby or the mother and he's going to her like kind of reassuring her but not letting her know entirely what's about to happen
1: like, how was she get cut go, open like, yeah that was pretty yeah. nuts i was very upset when the baby also died i was like god damn it talk about that was where i was like okay like they're doing
0: some really interesting stuff here because yeah they had the baby and i was like oh, it's gonna be a girl or something oh he's a boy that's great and then the very next scene we're at the funeral and then you just see the tiny little baby bro like on the funeral pile uh pyre like, damn i was like oh and then we get to hear dracarys but it's in that like the regular funeral saying like in yeah. that context which was oof hearing that again
1: crazy yeah so i just i really like that yeah i just feel like Game of Thrones really took their time and the, the reason they could is because they had so many plot points happening at once that they were all just cutting back and forth and they could stretch out an arc like that over a season because they had a bunch of little arcs going on at the same time yeah. whereas this show is there's one main plot happening which is that civil war between the Targaryens and all the characters we've met are a part of that and there's no yeah. there's not a lot of side arcs. We're just And in that's kind expanded. of yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I miss is all of the side arcs with a lot of the side characters and like the different things that were happening with different people.
0: Right. Which I'm sure, sure we're going to get
1: more exactly. as the episodes go on. I just I missed it in the first episode. Like I, right. I wish there was a little more setup to multiple plots. Then, then in that case, they could have stretched out that pregnancy over a few episodes to make it not feel rushed. Right.
0: Yeah, I think the direction they went with it, like trying to be more small scale than
1: already going mm-hmm. to that sprawling thing, and again, like. If they build up to it, I will be satisfied, but I'm worried that at least with the first season, I'm worried that the entire arc of the first season will be that one plot of the Targaryens. And I would rather more side arcs happen as well to at least combine into something more interesting later down the line. So it's Mm -hmm. more like, you know, I've only seen episode one. Let's just see where it goes from here. I've enjoyed it. I like the plot. I'm willing, I'm gonna keep watching, but I would like to see more side plots happening at the same time. Gotcha. So what do you what character are you most interested in for these next uh, episodes? Damon for sure. Matt mm-hmm. Smith was killing it, bro. I thought he was great. He is, and I thought let's they were all also doing believe- really good acting wise. Right. And let's
0: also point out the expert casting involved there. Because you can definitely believe, no knock on Matt Smith, but you can definitely believe he comes from a royal line that has been built through <laughs> generations of incest. Damn! Like it's one of that. No weird... knock on Matt Smith.
1: Wow, way he's to a lead into guy, that. But he's a weird-looking guy too. It's, it's no knock thing. on Matt Smith, but he kind of looks like an incest baby. <laughs> way to but, go, Ryan! Bravo. That's what I'm saying. But his no performance. No knock as on well. Matt Smith, but he looks like his parents are cousins.
0: <laughs> Jesus I'm just i'm
1: just i mean would you deny that's very good in the role i think he fits the role visually very well not in, in an incest way but in a in a he looks good with really long blonde hair and he also plays the role of the why does he self-entitled look with pretentious prince? really long blonde hair i don't know i think it fits resume. i think it frames his face very well His he's a very long better. face and the long hair Mm-hmm. makes him look very distinguished and in some ways entitled to the role which i think works agreed and i, I do not think he looks interest. like an incest baby
0: i'm not saying he looks like an incest baby i'm just saying i'm just, I'm just implying he looks I, like an incest baby
1: just I'm as you out, like those it.
0: striking features that he has there the way that it pairs well with again the like the mm-hmm. long white blonde hair yeah I'm just saying he's not a normal looking dude and it works well for
1: the role. Okay. And his performance is also (laughs) exquisite. Yeah. Yes. I also like, uh, what's his name? Who plays Viserys? Uh, uh, Patty Constantine. I think he's doing great. And I, I like him as an actor and he's not in a lot of things. So it makes me very happy to see him do something where he is very much at the forefront of the story. Like he's one of the main characters. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. i know i feel like he's gonna die pretty quick but yeah i i do really like him and i'm glad he's getting this role even though he's probably gonna die before the end of the season yeah
0: i'm really interested in the queen who never was oh forget what her exact name was but that's a real her husband corliss exactly that's a really interesting uh like character setup and to see where they take that when she sees rhaenyra sort of getting to have that role that she was not able to mm-hmm. how she can respond to that is she going yeah. to like try and support rhaenyra as she navigates that or is there yeah. going to be resentment that bubbles up i don't know i think that's a really interesting direction that they can go yeah. in with it. so
1: yeah. i definitely just want more characters and more side plots because like we've only got like seven main characters and one of them just died the, the queen's dead now so now we're down to like six mm-hmm and I want there to be more side characters to keep me going. And also more side characters to later kill off to make a, a dramatic moment in the way that Game of Thrones did that a lot. Indeed.
0: Yeah, we'll get there, I'm sure. Because like,
1: like, I remember we, when I was catching up on Game of Thrones before the, the final season aired, you asked me what my favorite characters were. And I gave you a list of like 15 characters in order. And that was barely scratching the surface. Jeez. And you look at this show and there was like six. I'm like, bro, I want more. You'll have to
0: factor in all the dragons. They'll each become characters. We have only met one though. I know. There's and supposed it's, to be like uh,
1: eight. I know. We'll meet them all. We'll get I want to meet all the dragons. I want them all to have unique personalities. And I want them all to have distinct outfits that they can wear. So that I can distinguish one from the other. One of them, I want them to each have very fancy hats that make them very unique and stand out from the others. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they do that, but they did say that they have unique personalities,
0: so we should be yeah. able to distinguish between them.
1: I do want them to put more focus on the dragons because that's what I felt was lacking in Game of Thrones. Is like these dragons are very important, but I don't know which one's which.
0: True. So
1: yeah, I'm sure we'll
0: we'll get more of that in the it- House of the Dragon. So. Yep. To live up her name. Next, we have bodies, bodies, bodies. Did you end up seeing this? No,
1: because you didn't invite me when you went out. Right. You didn't see it. No, cause Cause you, you about it. I was gonna try, and then I I didn't get invited by my friend. When did you go see it? Um. Well, last week. What day? I don't remember what day. <laughs> I don't know. I was probably busy anyway. Anyway,
0: what would you well, think yeah, of it? Probably working. Trying to get that bag. I was trying to get said, that bag. Or
1: you are probably at the gym, more likely. Yeah, getting that grind on. Getting mm-hmm. that money and getting those muscles. You know me. You know how I do. Anyway, how did you like it? I enjoyed it. Okay. You definitely have to go in recognizing that it's
0: going to be a satire. Yeah, for sure. And a horror film or a thriller film. Um, and so, if you go in like that, I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. They also have, it's just filled with unlikable characters. So you also have to be going in ready to understand that you're not really going to connect with any of them. Because they're all sure. kind of horrible people in their own ways. Of course. So that was pretty cool. I do like uh, like visually some of the things they do with it. Like a lot of the lighting is done from their iPhone cameras. and mm-hmm. From like glow sticks that they hang around their necks and whatnot. I thought that stuff was visually pretty interesting. and They also do have I think some substance underneath the surface there with some themes Um, It's sort of all relating to this idea of these characters that are all self-obsessed and narcissistic and they're brought together in this really stressful environment and then their friend group sort of just nukes itself because they're (laughs) unable to distinguish between what's real and what's fake in that game that they're playing, the you know, Murder Mystery, the Mafia, Werewolf-style game, depending on where you're from. Uh, also now known as Among Us. Um, Gen Z's um, Among Us. us. Yeah. Um, and so, I thought that was pretty interesting. There was one scene that Ezra didn't like, where uh-huh. they were sort of blowing up at each other and then using all those like politically correct, socially conscious language. So, like, oh, you're so toxic, or oh, you're gaslighting me, or oh, that's ableist or this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it because I thought it was the most, like, compelling thing, like, them just blowing up and arguing at each other because I always like argument scenes and whatnot. Sure. Um, I feel like here and there, it could have been a little bit sharper the way that they integrated some of the stuff because it did just feel like a laundry list of things you would find on Twitter um, Mm -hmm. then just getting repurposed and thrown out there. But the general idea of it of like how these people don't actually care about being like sensitive or compassionate or anything like that, they're just trying to use this language in order to seem that way so that they can they can be more well liked and that their ego can be fed. So I did think it was interesting the way they were playing with some of that stuff, sure uh, in this film. Did you hear about this New York Times controversy? No, you did not interesting because it sort of played out like a microcosm of some of the internet, uh, social dynamic things that mm-hmm. this film is satirizing. There was apparently someone who writes for New York Times whose father, I guess, works there as well. And so there's like talk about this being a nepotism job. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she wrote a review where she said this was just a 90-minute, I forget what the exact phrasing was. There's like a 90-minute onslaught of cleavage is what she said. <laughs> Which is not true at all. There's like one scene, which is a uh, where they're out in the pool where I can yeah. maybe see that Where are like, OK, that's but it's also like intentional, like they're being they're drawing attention to it in a certain way um, and sort of building out like this caricature of uh, a character called Alice that like that is the impression you're supposed to get from of like, oh, this is just not much going on below uh, or not much going on in the brain. <laughs> not Um, much going on below the eyes (laughs) um so that was only one like very brief part and then the rest of it a lot of it is like dark lighting as well and they're not wearing like revealing clothes or anything so I don't know where the 90 minute thing came from but one of the actresses I mean you see booze once you've seen them for 90 minutes apparently Amanda (laughs) Steinberg Stenberg Steinberg I'm not too sure Stenberg we'll go with Amanda Stenberg messaged like dm'd this critic and said uh thanks for your review if you got your eyes off my tits then maybe you could have actually seen the film and then the critic didn't like that and then so posted it on tiktok or something saying hey this is not okay this actress saying this stuff to me i just want to let it known that she can't use her power as a famous actress to silence me or something like that what, And then she got a bunch of flag for it because not only was her initial critique stupid, but then her like playing victim with yeah. getting a message from the actress, it was very over the top. So it's just, just how was, can you be a critic who is averse
1: to criticism? Well, exactly. Yeah, it's that was your whole job
0: up was like, oh, if you can criticize my work, I can criticize yours, um, which is very fair. So, yeah, it was just a weird thing that happened outside of the film that honestly was helping to elevate the themes and whatnot being discussed within it. Um, but yeah. yeah. And then also, there's some good podcast representation in there. Let's go. Her, her name, Alice. She, she is the one that was, during the swimming scene, could have been taken as the one that was an onslaught of cleavage. But mm. as we come to find out, she has her own podcast. And she goes on this diatribe about how difficult it can be to run a podcast. And then all the people around her are like, yeah, just let her have her
1: podcast. And I agree with that message, y'all. Yeah. Just let people have their podcast. Yeah. There, might, her- be, there might be a lot of podcasts. There might be too many podcasts. There might be so many podcasts that some people will make podcasts for years and nobody ever listens to them. <laughs> But you know what? They're fun to make. They're fun to do. I like talking into a microphone now after what, three years now? Jesus Christ. I Indeed. mean, it's just a good time. Exactly. You don't have to listen, but you don't it's, have to judge
0: either, man. Not all podcasts are just elaborate, vain efforts at sharing your thoughts on every single topic ever because you're so full of yourself. Sometimes it can just be hanging out with the I thought you were gonna I'll, say not, not all
1: podcasts are created equal. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Could you <laughs> you lead and you're like not all podcasts are about like you like took a big pause and I was like is he gonna say created equal? <laughs> <laughs> Why would I? What would be the message there? I don't know. I was so confused for a second. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. Anyway, stuff, though. Yeah, how would you? Oh, we channel. didn't rate. We didn't rate House of the Dragon episode one out of five. Dracaras, out of five dead baby C sections. Jesus, grim. uh I don't know, maybe a three point five or a four. I i'll give it a three point five. Now, what about bodies, bodies, bodies? I would give it uh three point five. Okay,
0: I'll okay. round up for the podcast representation. <laughs> but it so, is pretty fun the way it keeps you guessing. I thought it did do well. In terms of that, like the murder mystery, trying to figure
1: out what's going did on. Did you like the end? Like, did you like it as a murder mystery? Was it a satisfying murder mystery end? Uh, Given what the film is
0: trying to be, for the most part, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. I can see how some people are like, oh, this is stupid. But again, that's if you're coming in with uh, a different understanding of what it's trying to be. Okay.
1: so yeah. I'll give it a shot one day if I can find it somewhere. I'm probably not going to go to the theater for it, though. Oh, well. Yeah, it should be, I think, streaming
0: sometime soon. But yeah, do you have any, we have a spot
1: for Dylan pick? I but... just, I can't think of anything that I've watched that has been to watch for something outside the show, like for my own pleasure. Other than maybe, I've been re-watching Malcolm in the Middle, which <laughs> has been thrilling. I'm almost done with it. It's been like four months that I've been watching it. I'm How almost many done. times have you watched Malcolm in the Middle? I usually watch it like at my lunch break at work or like. No, I'm sorry. Like, so how many times have you? Oh, only one time before this. Okay, gotcha. So this is my second time watching it. I like. I just like you know if I'm doing something stupid like if I'm working on a birthday present for somebody or if I'm like editing the show, just have it on in the background like any kind of stupid sitcom. So like before Malcolm in the Middle, I was watching Thirty Rock, so I rewatched that. That show's great. uh And then I took a break from sitcoms to catch up on Better Call Saul. And then I picked up Malcolm in the Middle because I love Brian Cranston. And I was having a good time. I don't think there's a sitcom I'm going to pick up after it, though, because I think I need a break. I want to go back into watching old movies and stuff. I tried to watch Funny Girl last night, but it was like 11 o'clock. And then I found out it's a two and a half hour movie. And I was only like 20 minutes in and I was tired. But Barbara Streisand, in the 20 minutes I saw, she was great. She's killing it. She won the Oscar she for tied. It. Oh, she tied it. She tied with Amazing. Catherine Hepburn. Wow. This if story. she hadn't voted for herself, she wouldn't have won. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, she tied. It was an exact tie. If she hadn't voted for herself, she would not have won. Catherine Hepburn would have won alone. Wow. Amazing. Which is Amazing. to go to show, if you're running for something, vote for yourself. You never know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll but yeah, keep- I, I I haven't really been watching much. I've been reading a, a couple of books. The book I'm reading now is called uh, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Oh, you know what I can talk about? I rewatched Fantastic Fungi, a documentary on Netflix recently. I've, I've seen it once before, but I rewatched it maybe like a week ago. It's called Fantastic Fungi. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. It's pretty much it's supposed to be about fungus as a whole and talking about how fungus affects everything, but it really kind of turns into a documentary about this one dude called Paul Stamets. And he's kind of like the leading expert on fungus right now. He's very much like an amateur scientist who got like a degree from a community college and like just dedicated his whole life to fungi and mushrooms and things like that. And he just absolutely loves it. And it's just a very fascinating documentary about like what fungus can do for society, how it like affects everything, how important it is, uh, it's uses. And then there's a, a big chunk in the middle of it. that's just, specifically for magic mushrooms and how great they are and so that's always fun to read about and that tied into me reading how to change your mind which is a book by michael Pollan about uh psilocybin uh and other psychedelics derived from plants and other things and uh it's just an interesting read interesting stories about people doing trips and like the science the history behind the science of psilocybin and other things i recommend it i think it's a good book So far, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm going to get there. And then I bought two other Michael Pollan books as well to read after. I bought This Is Your Mind on Plants, which is about caffeine, mescaline, and one other. Can't remember. And a book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, which is his big book about how we view food as omnivores. Which has nothing to do with psychedelics. It's just about food. I see. There you go. Michael Pollan,
0: his his name.
1: Yep. Wow. P o l l a n. Check out his books. He's got a bunch of them. Uh, the ones I'm reading are very, very good. There's one I do want to read of his that I haven't gotten yet. I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically a book where he documents the story of how he and his son, like, built this little cabin in the woods behind their house, like built their own little cabin to work on. It's like it became his like writing workshop, and like he just oh. built this house from the ground up. And like his experience with that, and that sounds really cool. It does. That's pretty much Sweet. what I've been doing. Not a lot of movies, not a lot of TV outside of what we've been doing for the show. You know, hopefully, we'll uh, cut back on TV a little bit, focus more on movies, so I can have a little bit of free time to catch more stuff. But there also gotcha. hasn't been a lot of new stuff that has caught my eye recently. Gotcha. I do want that to was- watch. You want to watch the season three of The Boys and season three of Succession. I haven't caught up on those yet, so I definitely need to add those to the list. And there was one other thing that I wanted to watch that was also a TV show. But I can't remember what it was. I think it was an HBO show, maybe Band of Brothers or something. Classic. There's a lot Uh, of HBO um, stuff I want to watch. You need to watch The Sopranos. I know. We never... I know you like it. Would you put that in your top five, top 10? TV shows? No. Probably my top 15, maybe my top 20.
0: Gotcha. Have you it's seen really the Wire? It's really good, yet?
1: but it really slowed. No, I haven't watched The Wire. Did you watch The Wire? No. No. Yeah, no, I haven't <laughs> so that's watched on The Wire. The perpetual list
0: of things to watch. The yeah. Sopranos, The Wire. I want to watch Deadwood
1: too. There's a bunch of HBO stuff I want to watch.
0: I know. It's just a never ending gold mine.
1: Yeah, good they got some up. good good stuff in there. Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's always funny to watch. Very true. Uh, the Leftovers is also,
0: it's a more oh. recent show that is really highly regarded.
1: And yeah. I also want to watch at some point. I want to watch that too.
0: But yeah, at this point, since I just finished The Better Call Saul Binge, yeah, yeah. I do want to transition into just
1: movies watching more. movies. I agree. There's just like so many old movies. Oh, you know what I watched? We could talk about this. I watched The Holy Mountain recently by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Jodorowski. i never seen it. How was it? That movie was wild. It's, it's a surrealist film, kind of similar to like the style of like Luis Buñuel and other surrealist filmmakers like that. And it's very odd. It's basically this Jesus figure goes and he finds the god figure who's like an alchemist and then demands gold for gold because he wants gold. So the alchemist helps him make gold out of his poop. And then <laughs> he tells him there is more to life than gold. There is uh, nirvana, essentially. There is enlightenment. And we're going to take uh, seven travelers with us to find this enlightenment And each. And that makes nine, and it's the nine planets. And so there's like a big section in the middle where it's just talking about the other planets Planets like I am, blah blah blah. I represent Mars, and then it does like a five minute segment on who he is, and they do that like seven times. And then the last arc of the movie is like they all go on that journey to find enlightenment, and it's just a bunch of weird imagery, weird stories, very funny. And then the end is kind of ridiculous, it's very, very odd. Do you think you're ever gonna watch it? Uh, yeah, don't spoil it. Okay, I won't. It's very odd, it's a very, very odd ending to the movie, and it made me laugh made Spencer laugh, made Fernando laugh. We all laughed very, very loud because it's just very, very weird. But you should check Thanks. it out. It's a good movie. The imagery is really, really good. The story is kind of good. And I just I had a good time with it. I was on... Yeah, I just had a good time with it.
0: Nice. All right, well, that is something I will check out sometime soon.
1: You watch it on where? Uh, I think Spencer rented it on Prime. Gotcha, okay. Because we were going to watch Yellow Submarine which was the Beatles movie, but he couldn't find it anywhere. I see. All right. Well, moving on to something more recent
0: that came out this summer that I was able to see in theaters Fire of Love, which is a documentary about two French volcanologists. And they made a whole bunch of like films and recordings about volcanoes as they're going about their work. And so it's a nice exploration of their relationship like how they came together and then um how they go through their careers together Mm -hmm. and it also has some of the most beautiful shots i've ever seen in my life like some of the stuff that they were able to capture with volcanoes it's just crazy it's so beautiful it'll make you love and fear and respect these amazing uh parts of our world Mm. so cool i would definitely give it a watch if you can i believe it might be on disney plus through is is that how you watch it no i saw it in theaters i saw it at Enzian actually um and then yeah i believe though it was a national geographic film so you should be able to catch it there
1: yeah i'll Um, find it
0: It looks interesting i'm hoping that you'll be able to Feel the same sense of wonder and amazement and awe at the images that I did uh, while in the actual theater. Because, again, it's amazing. The stuff they are able to capture. Crazy. Cool. We can I'll move, check it out. Yeah. We can move on now to Prey, which was the new Predator film that came out on Hulu. Were you able to mm. end up watching this?
1: Unfortunately not. Ooh, tragic.
0: Okay, so I'll just briefly mention. I think you should still take a look at it. Yeah, Um, I was thinking about it. Because I think it's a very interesting way to go about like a soft sequel, prequel thing uh, where it just focuses on going to a different time period, completely different characters, and having a new predator show up. And our characters have to deal with that. Um, This one follows a girl named Naru who wants to be a hunter but can't because of the sort of gender dynamics in the tribe. So... She's not able to entirely do that, but she's good at it. She wants to keep trying to do it. Um, and then as she's in the process of locating one of the uh, fellow tribes, people that is missing because of a mountain lion, she comes across as predator. No one believes her that there's some scary, menacing thing out there that's invisible. And so she sets out on her own to go take it down and hunt mm-hmm. it. And so I think there's a lot of Cool visuals in here. Mm. I wouldn't read the script because I mentioned some of the best ones. So don't read it.
1: But It's fine. I already
0: read it. <laughs> oh, we'll catch it. But anyway, it's a cool shot. Some of the things that they bring up, like the, the bear's blood coating the predator in order to make it not invisible anymore. So cool. That was probably the best scene. The thing that there's two things actually that were uh, holding me back from truly enjoying it. One is the performances with some of these side characters are a little bit stilted, which is a little mm-hmm. unfortunate. Uh, the main actress, I think, does really well. I believe her actual name is Amber Mid Thunder, which great name, by the way. Um, but yeah, she does really <laughs> well. But yeah, the rest of the cast is not the greatest performances going on. And yeah. then I also thought the directing, like the direction a lot of times was pretty ineffective and unengaging like i don't know if it was partially because it's on hulu so we have to watch it at home and i was in a theater and that made a lot of like sound design just not come through as strongly Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of just weird choices where i felt like we could have built the suspense or built the tension better and that didn't happen and then when we were paying it off it didn't feel like that big momentous triumph of us Mm -hmm. actually succeeding in a way so there were just a lot of those moments sprinkled out in like the action scenes that yeah just sort of pulled me out of it so i would i would say those are the weaknesses of the film but i think it's still worthwhile to go ahead and see it um, especially if you are a fan of the
1: predator films yeah
0: but yeah i haven't seen
1: any of them but i did i was interested in the idea for prey and i was gonna watch it for this episode but i couldn't find the time gotcha i was too busy watching house of the dragon bro
0: nice all right and then i also have to mention book of boba fett (laughs) which i started at the behest of my father who i made (laughs) recently watch like mandalorian and then i got him on all the like disney plus star wars shows yeah because he loves Star Wars. I mean, obviously, he was the one that showed me them as a kid. Of course. So I told him about that. And then he blew through all the Star Wars content. And then he's like, you got to watch Boba Fett. You got to watch Boba Fett. And I really didn't want to. Because I was <laughs> mm-hmm. at the time watching Better Call Saul. And I was like, I got to finish that. But I had heard like Boba Fett isn't the greatest. And yeah. I just really am not interested in the Boba Fett story. Like it's one of those side characters that they're cool because they aren't there a lot. Like yeah. he's a really cool side character. I don't know about following him as a main character. Yeah. So I started watching the first few episodes, and yeah, we'll mention this in a second. But I watched an a whole another show just to avoid watching <laughs> Boba Fett. What did you watch? The rehearsal. Oh yeah. So yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, the first few episodes of Boba Fett, I was just not that engaged. They drag. For sure, they do drag, and also the marvelization of like other IP, especially Disney-related stuff. Yeah, it's just it's, it's hard so to watch. clear in this film, and it's so out of place, and it's so annoying. Same thing with Obi Wan, bro. Yeah, with that, it wasn't as intense in that one. Sure, I think yeah. Mostly because, at least with like you and McGregor and Obi Wan, like that character for the most part felt like a true star wars character this like a lot of the banter that both has with uh i forget the side character's name um and even their dynamic as well just feels like a just completely stripped from a marvel movie and mm-hmm. it is sad to see because i want it to be a star wars thing not a marvel thing or i agree a disney presents star wars thing so that was quite unfortunate but there were some things in it that i enjoyed I liked the scene where the two uh Hutt family members mm. just get carried through the town. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, and the theme, the main title theme that it has. I'm a big fan of that. That is the one thing about it that I'm like, okay.
1: I have to watch another episode,
0: but you get to hear mm. that title theme.
1: So How far have you gotten into it? Just three episodes. Damn. I mean it does get better. I will yeah, say. Yeah, that's when
0: I'm I'm <laughs> getting to the part where it's not about Boba Fett and it's about Mandalorian and Luke and Krogu. I'm waiting on that. But yeah, for right now, I uh, I have not been compelled to go back and watch more of Boba Fett. But I'll have get to because now I don't have a distraction show to watch. And that distraction show was the rehearsal, mm-hmm. which I also tried to get you to watch. Did you end up watching any of it or? I watched all of it. Oh, okay. Okay. That sounds. Like good news.
1: I watched the first episode and then when I went to go back to rewatch it HBO Max it logged me out and I didn't have your login anymore so I texted <laughs> you and then I called you because I wanted to watch it really bad I was like please give me the login but then if you have HBO Max downloaded but you don't have a login the first episode is still free to, to trial so I rewatched that first episode with Alexa <laughs> and then by the time that episode ended because it's kind of a long one you yeah. texted me back the login and so I was able to log in and then we blew through the rest of the show in one nice. sitting. Nice. That means you great might. show. Yes. Absolutely killer. That's I'm awesome. just so sorry. Cause Nathan for you is very much like, haha, it's funny. You know, it's, it's creative. It's a good bit, but like, it's not like super like crazy, you know? Right. The show's nuts. This show is, is insane. It is hilarious. It is heartbreaking. It, he just like, like, takes what Nathan for you was and like jacks it up to 100 exactly and I didn't even know that it was gonna go that direction because I texted mm-hmm. you
0: to watch the rehearsal after the first episode yeah I love that first episode and yeah. just that yeah that premise of oh we're gonna take you and re- have you do rehearsals for some important moment in your life that you don't know how it's gonna go and you want to feel good about it like that premise alone is really good and then the way that was executed in that first episode I was like that's awesome And it did have those ingredients that much of the later show would just become entirely about. Like when uh, Nathan had the fake core, I believe is his name. Mm. Um, He had the fake version of him play out a rehearsal where Nathan tells him, oh, I have been implanting you with the answers of all the trivia questions. And then he just gets absolutely chewed out by that actor. And he's like, you're a horrible person. This sucks. Why would you do this? awful human being and then he doesn't (laughs) tell the real core that because of that rehearsal so even just that like no little nugget of an extra um depth to it i was like okay this is great and so i wanted to have you watch it because i wanted to talk about it as part of the grab bag yeah and then the rest
1: of the show it just goes insane insane dude it's not it's crazy because like you just don't anticipate the whole kid stuff to last that long. And then it becomes what it's all about.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It It just feels like to me when I was watching it because,
1: because it is, because it's nonfiction, it is shot in order, you know, Mm -hmm. it is shot in the order you watch it. And so when you, the way it felt to me, was like, they shot the first episode and they made it and like, they pitched it to H like HBO, maybe like gave them money to make a pilot episode to test out what it was. And like they did that and they showed it to them and then they were like, this is great. Do it again. Cause then they moved the whole show to Oregon for the next, for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they then planned out what the next rehearsals were going to be. And the first one they thought of was a woman raising kids for two months. And so they started that and then it just spiraled because you can see them try to do other rehearsals where they try to get that one guy, Patrick, I think to yeah. do the rehearsal where he admits to his brother. Like, he wants his his inheritance. And so you see him do other rehearsals, but then he just goes completely back on it and just goes hardcore into the kid stuff because he wants to be a part of it, which is nuts. Exactly. Also, yeah. it's crazy that he got that guy to wipe an actor's ass in the middle of That's what of it I'm once. saying. Some of the stuff that he gets the people to do is <laughs> insane.
0: Yeah, that is insane. But yeah, manufacturing that uh, dynamic to mirror exactly what was going on in his real life. And then the conversation he's having with the actor in the rehearsal is the yeah. same one he's supposed to have with the real guy like that's crazy and the show i mean you don't know the extent to which things are like real or artificial and that's part of the point as well mm-hmm. but just imagine what that guy must have been going through if that were like truly real and there was like no forewarning to him at all about that stuff that's insane and then he also he left the show yeah which is crazy never well. saw him again yeah.
1: So It's yeah. like the perfect blend of reality and scripted television. Indeed. Yeah. That's why it's so perfect. I love the bit when uh he starts going hardcore like he comes back from uh LA and he comes back and he's an old man and in the, in, the, in the Adam is now a teenager. <laughs> he's like mm-hmm. I've missed 9 years. And then he's looking in the mirror and he's an old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh he goes to the kid and then he tries to convince him to like react negatively to him coming back because he's like you know I missed it you shouldn't be happy about it and so like that just spirals out of control to the point where the kid pretends that to OD and (laughs) they have the actors run in with the ambulance and it's the same actors from like it's two of the actors from LA that he Mm -hmm. brings out to be the paramedics and they come out and the one the poor woman who's like the crazy Christian like she's just like doesn't know what's going on like the kid's just faking an OD and then they do the bit where he goes into the slide, and then the little kid comes out. But then they do the reverse shot, and he comes back out, and he goes, are we good? Is that it? Mm-hmm. He's so good. Yeah. The way they're able to play with that is really, really good. And then,
0: again, how it just becomes increasingly more about Nathan mm-hmm. to the point where even... uh God, What was her name? I Amanda. Was it
1: Amanda? Something like that.
0: Angela. Okay. Angela, yeah, Angela. That Angela even... Leaves as well, yeah. Where she's like, Yeah, like I was trying to guess about this, but you've just completely turned it into what you want to do. Because again, he reversed aged the kid
1: so that he yeah. could have time with the kid again as he's going through the younger years and then converted him to Judaism exactly, and yeah. taught him Judaism secretly and then covered him water to make it look like he was at swimming lessons, bro. And then they pumped in fake snow to make it winter. Oh my I god, know, that dude. was a great line too because he's like maintaining the illusion of winter is very expensive so and then it cuts back this. and it's all fake and there's just a big <laughs> ring of snow just around the house and everything mm-hmm. around it's green oh it's so good yeah fantastic stuff and then of course
0: what it really turns into in that like final episode is the kid remy who is he's because of his age unable to distinguish at all between the artifice and the reality so he keeps referring to nathan as his dad He's wanting to stay in the rehearsal land, even Dude, after that was he heartbreaking. has to leave. Yeah, And the poor mother, too, like having to watch that go down. Oh, so sad. And then seeing what Nathan ends up doing Bruh. bringing the other kid that's now like the older version of Adam, bringing him over to play with Remy as they try to assure or try to ensure that Remy no longer is like treating Nathan as his dad. Now that he actually knows, he's like, okay, that's Nathan. We were doing a show. Okay, so he understands it wasn't real. All of that was just a ruse so that the kid can do the fielder method and start impersonating Remy as
1: Adam. That's
0: insane. That's crazy.
1: And that then was... he plays the mother. <laughs> To get that experience of, like, what is that like to not only have a child and to have that connection, but then to lose that child, to start losing it to a stranger. It's just the layers that we go on with that. And then you're constantly asking yourself, like, how much of this is scripted and how much of it is him actually sitting in the house with these kids for hours on end trying to experience being a dad? Because, like, clearly... At some points, he is there day in, day out for several days pretending to be a dad the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's pretty clear that they're putting that out there. But then it's like you get to that part where he's pretending pretending to be the mother and they are recreating scenes that have already happened and are scripting it. And then you get to the part where it's at the very end and he's talking to the older kid playing Remy and he's the mother and he's having a conversation with that kid trying to navigate that situation as he thinks the mother would do. And then he confuses himself and he says, I'm your dad. You ask yourself, you know, is that scripted or did he actually make a slip there? And I just don't know the answer.
0: Yeah, and we don't know. And then that was the end. He gets up. We see his butt crack. And that's like the final shot of the show. And this is supposed to get a season two. And I just don't even know where they're going to take this for season two as well. Like we went that off the rails in season one went into this like elaborate character study self-analysis on Nathan himself using all these other people in order to do that. What is he going
1: to do for season two? He decides to raise a child for a whole year. (laughs) He adopts a child. He adopts a child and then pretends to be the kid's mother. Mm -hmm. God, it is crazy. Cause it it is supposed to just be a show like going into it. I think they had the expectation of like, we're just going to, Convince people to rehearse these situations that seem impossible to rehearse, and it'll just be funny. And then he just went nuts. He just went crazy in it, and just fully included himself in those rehearsals, and then got sucked in by the 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 idea that he himself created because it is very enticing, you know, to be able to rehearse something without any consequences. I know, yeah, and then in to... near perfect conditions.
0: Yeah, and that sort incredible. of that idea of like, can you get the same? real emotional catharsis or impact out of things that are fake mm-hmm. like, can you really get it to the point where it's like realistic enough and you're invested yeah. enough to where even though it is artificial you are able to get that like real emotion um like that's a really fascinating thing that he's playing with there yeah and then as you said being able to have that like Godman god mentality in a way where he's able to reverse things if he needs to, he's able to continually rehearse things from other perspectives in order to learn more about like how other people are perceiving him, uh, like how he should alter things in the future, like all that stuff is super interesting. Yeah, and that's like a massive cherry on top of again what was just a good premise of had we gotten six episodes of him going to real people and having them rehearse something and it's it would just have been good still. style it would have been good. Yeah. I would but have enjoyed had it had a lot been phenomenal. But yeah, he elevated it to this just insane. He was willing genre. to be so personal. I know. Yeah. Like this insane. Yeah. Character study of himself. Bending genres. Ethically questionable. Very experimental, very provocative work of art. It was just crazy to see it all play out. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. I like, uh I think my favorite parts of the show are where like, he encounters the kids or he encounters that environment where he's supposed to be the dad and it feels fake or forced. And so he re engineers the rehearsal situation to make it more realistic. So he can have a more realistic situation. Mm-hmm. Like what he does with the teenager trying to make him more like harsh tourism. And then what he does with like uh, the kid who's supposed to be the older Adam, like he's like not satisfied with his performance because it doesn't feel as genuine as Remy did. And so he starts to, alter that kid's performance by like giving him a situation where he's getting bullied. <laughs> he's pretending right. to get bullied. And then like he takes him and he teaches him a bunch of other stuff. Dude, I love the bit where one of the younger kids that his parent is Christian, but he thinks he's Jewish because of all the Jewish lessons he had to go to. <laughs> yeah. So he has to convince him like after all that he did to praise Judaism, he has to go and convince the he's like, you're Christian and Judaism is bad, but Christianity is good because Jesus I thought that was hilarious. All the work he did to make his own son be Jewish, like pushing Angela out of the house essentially to make sure that he's Jewish. And then he has to go back on it at the end of the day because the kid has to be Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Um, And then uh, from the
0: first episode of mine that I really liked was the... This is it's
1: days like this that I curse the Chinese for inventing. Oh my powder. god, dude! What a line! That whole bit was so funny when he's yeah. when he has the people walking around just like subtly implanting uh clues. Oh my god, my DKNY pants! Oh my <laughs> exactly. god, wow, that, that's so tall, it's almost as tall as the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world. <laughs> oh so man, I, I hate those bikes, those uh, those recumbent bikes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so funny mm-hmm for sure
0: so the rehearsal a great sudden find that we were able to watch it came out and, are, were... mm-hmm. and we i'm sure both are excited for season two to see where he takes it i'm so this excited. man is a creative genius
1: Absolutely, so he's definitely stepped his game up from nathan for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: i can't so wait yep. to see him step it up again indeed all right all right that is How's that is back? all the time yeah that is all the time we have if you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week you can email us at the box office show pod at gmail.com our main title theme is sundown by joseph mcdade be sure to follow us on instagram on uh, letterbox on our twitter on any social media platforms we have and make sure to give us five stars two thumbs up on whatever you're listening to us on whether it be deezer google podcast Apple podcast spotify on our website, wherever you're listening to us, just if you like us, give us a good review and we will be very, very appreciative. Have a good week.